Hello guys, this is Brad with College Sportscast, and we're going live here tonight, and be doing our pick six and no fly zone segment show with a little bonus college basketball um, to go with it. Looks like John Hammonds has joined me. Hey, John. Are you in the room? How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm here. All right, man. I uh, We had a little trouble here trying to get everybody in, so I'm not sure. Well, John Roberts is still saying he didn't get the email. I don't know. I don't know either. I'm not sure. Well, I mean, you also should be able to find the live, right? We go on Podbean? Yeah. Yep. I think that's what Mason had done a couple of times. Because I can't resend it. Once you send it one time, it won't resend. So, anyway, guys, hopefully, there he is. He's coming on. I guess he found it. So, I want you guys to know that you can listen in for our keyword tonight for a chance to win Final Four tickets in Houston in April of next year, 2023. So, that's for this basketball season coming up. It's about to start in a couple of weeks, and we're all excited to be able to give away an experience like that for our fans to uh, have a chance to go to Houston and experience the Final Four. So that's a pretty big deal. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to do these lives and do a Facebook Live after, and you'll have about 10 minutes to comment that keyword. And then... If you do, you'll be entered in to win, and we'll do this each and every uh, live episode that we do throughout the season, and we'll give away the tickets in March of next year before the final, you know, before the, around the beginning of the tournament, maybe Selection Sunday or something like that. All right, John Roberts, you on now? He's here. Yeah, I, hear I think so. There you are. All right. Do you not hear me? I was just making sure you could yeah. hear me and I could hear you. No, okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, we'll go ahead and get started. I don't know if Mason's going to be on or not. But we'll go ahead and get started. Um, the pick six tonight is going to be group of five teams and we're going to pick our top six group of five teams uh, so far for college football this year. Hammond, do you want to go first on that one?
Um, I'll let John um, go first and um, like sat down and seen, you know, been able to actually see the topic. Uh, John I, Roberts. Uh, pretty far off in the dark. Yeah. Well, so I'll help out a little bit, guys. I mean, Cincinnati's going to be in that group, I would think. Um, do what? Yeah. I couldn't hear you. What'd you say? App State. Uh, they've lost a couple games. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Tulane is now ranked. They've lost a couple of games, so I don't know. Cincinnati's lost one game, right? That was five. Um, for the first time in. I think App State's lost either two or three. Yeah. Beyond Tulane, there's not really a lot of. That's Well, I mean, I just kind of wanted to run through the, some of the top teams that's not in a Power Five conference, really. So Notre Dame's not in there, but they're not much count this year either. So, you know, BYU is an independent. They could be in there, but they've kind of fell apart too. So, um, no, I mean, you have to put Liberty in there. Well, they're independent, but. Yeah, I mean, um, Hugh Freeze. Yeah, I think Liberty would be a good team to mention in that. I mean, I, I know they're not in the group five, but I just kind of meant teams outside of the Power Six conferences and teams that we don't talk about a whole lot. I mean, I, I'll give a shout-out to Troy and John Summerall. I mean, I think he's done a heck of a job down there, and they've been playing some good ball. Now, are they in the top six? I'm not sure that they're in the top six, but um, they're in the top tier. I know that. Any other team you want to mention, Roberts? That you can think of off the top of your head? No, I mean, th- those are the those are the ones that I was kind of thinking off the top of my head with Cincinnati. I mean, the first stop would be App State, but I think, like I said, I think they have a couple of losses. Um, and then um, – Mar- uh, Marshall's had a pretty good year. Marshall's a yeah, team. Yeah, and then, like I said – and then, uh, as you mentioned, Liberty as well. So, yeah. Uh, Marshall's got a top 10 defense in the country right now. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and they've, they've had a pretty good year, beat, uh, Notre Dame. So, you know, they're worth mentioning. It's outside of the, you know, Power Five conferences. All right, so we'll go on to our no-fly zone segment. Um, No-fly zone basically means I'll give you a topic, and 
we're going to tell whether or not we think that topic should fly or not fly. Um, so my first topic is Mario Cristobal. So um, my, my question is this. Great recruiter, possibly a suspect coach. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, it's Saturday. They had eight turnovers against against not a real good Duke team. Um, you know, I feel like Saturday was rock bottom at, at times for Miami. Um, but there's been all kinds of those kind of moments over the years, though, to be honest. You know, they lost to – Middle Tennessee a month ago, um, and then you know I think in 2007 um, when they lost in Miami's final game inside the Orange Bowl, they got beat 48 nothing to Virginia Tech. Um, you know, no program in the country has done less with more over the years. You know, he had Larry Coker, Randy Shannon, Al Golden, Mark Rick. Mario Cristobal. I know they've had um, some really good coaches over the years as well. You know the results. The results, by and large, have not changed mm-hmm. one one bit. And in, in a in a financial way of putting it, the ACC needs Miami to be good. To be mm-hmm. honest, you know, granted it's not going to be the '80s and '90s hurricanes, you know, and Florida State, Miami's going to go back to their magic that they did back in those days it's just you know you're going to have to do it little by little and i think that takes time with recruiting i mean does so do you think that cristobal can get actually get get it done there or i mean i know this is his first year i think he can but it's just going to take time because miami fans are well miami fans give him time well they're you know they're on shaky ground uh, but that, that's the problem. Miami hasn't been able to give anybody time. Right. The fans. Right. You know, they, like I said, they, they had Coker. They moved on to Shannon. They had Al Golden. Um, they Mark had Rick. the one year with Manny Diaz. Yeah. Manny Diaz yeah. had that one year, I think maybe one or two. And the results haven't got any better. It's got worse as it went. Right. And to me, I think. So you're going to fly with this. It's a fly. Yeah, I just don't – I think he's an okay coach, but his recruiting is – his recruiting is really good, but he's just a suspect coach when you when you look down down the um, down the, the pot with the this. The X's and O's. Yeah. And just, yes, just, sir, yeah. just look at his Oregon track record as well. Oregon was – I mean, Oregon still lost some of the boneheaded games when he was up there with Oregon, and he definitely recruited – the heck out of that place yeah he did you know and now i think it was a lot easier to i think it's a lot easier to recruit to oregon than it is to miami um part of it is i think that what they need in miami is an on-campus stadium right i mean you can't be you can't be driving across town in miami football game yeah in miami yeah in miami because California, like there are plenty of other things to do, and it's too damn hot to go sit outside and watch football. Well, and another thing, so, it's early, early season, so 
they've had a lot of injuries. You know, the quarterback got hurt again Saturday. Um, there's just been a lot of issues with this Miami team all season long. Right. Like, you know, and then they come out Saturday and look like they have never played a game of football in their life and losing to a, I wouldn't say a bad Duke team, a mediocre, but it was not a real good Duke team. It's a mediocre you know? Duke team. Uh, I mean, that's what I think. Um, that's what I would say. Yeah. All right. So you're a fly on this one too, uh, John Roberts. Sounded like it. Yeah. I mean, I, yes. Yeah. Good, good recruiter and, 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 uh, suspect coach, right? That's, that's, yeah. That's yeah. A, yeah. That was my question. question. Yeah. Is it that? Yeah, that was it. That's the question. So, yeah. All right. So, we're going to go on to our next. We'll go on to our next topic. The next topic, and this one's going to be right up your alley, John Roberts. So, I'll start with you. Bo Nix. As of of Saturday, did Bo Nix enter the Heisman race against UCLA? I think so. Um, He was 20. I think so. He was, you know, he was 22 of 28 for 283 yards and five touchdowns. I think he also rushed for 53 yards. Um, I think he showed flash of great quarterback play during his time when he first started. Right. And he's not – I don't think he's making the mistakes as he's – that he had at Auburn either. And receiver, and receiver during Nix's time there. You know, and he really good defenses too. So, I think, you know, the Ducks have a really good offensive line. They got a good thing, a stable backs and receivers. And Kenny Dillingham, he's, he's working magic with him in that offense, the O.C., um, he, I think he was the offensive coordinator at Auburn during Nick's freshman year. Um, and they've gotten sync as, as the season has gone. Yeah, I mean, um, he's playing really well, Bo Nix is. Of course, they got whipped by Georgia, but who doesn't? Right, and that was the first game uh, of the season. The here, you know, Georgia's a really good football team. Um, but, you know, Oregon 6-1, and one, ranked number eight in the country. And Nick keeps playing at this level. I think he's got an opportunity to put himself into the Heisman race. Um, I wouldn't say he's going to win it, but I say he could be a sleeper for it. That's what I'm right saying. Now, I'm just saying, did he enter the race? Is all I mean. I think he did. Yeah, I think he did because right now, Hendon Hooker at this point because of what he's done and and how he's how he's done things at Tennessee. So, but yeah, I, I'll say that a fly. Um, I think is in that Heisman discussion right now. All right, John Roberts, this is this one should be up your alley with Bo Nix. So this is the year that Bo Nix, I believe Bo Nix to be a dark horse for the Heisman because he's having fun and he's playing well and. 
have y'all not seen this this little running joke that we had at Auburn? It was all last year, but if you go back and you go look at some of the things, the uh, the big thing in Auburn Twitter was that there was this this little line that's like, this is the year that Bo Nix is a dark horse for the Heisman because he's <laughs> you know, he has a good team, he's right. having fun, he's playing loose, da 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 da. Well. Because he doesn't have the pressures of being at Auburn, being in his dad's shadow. And so, like, I mean, yes, his dad may still coach him from 2,000 miles away, but not necessarily, uh, you know, 20 minutes, you know. So I think he's, you know, he, he needed to get away from home. He needed to get away from everything. And there were just going on whether it was on the field or off the field at uh, at Auburn and um, whether it was his dad you know there was just a lot and I kind of saw this coming that he would play really well because again first of all is a great recruiter and recruited the heck out of you know for for, for for Oregon. And yeah, for ta- that yeah. So they have lots of talent. Much better than Auburn's offensive line. So all you trust that the offensive line is better, get him to throw off of his front foot instead of, you know, seeing ghosts and throwing off his back foot, which is what he did against Georgia, which is why the Georgia game was bad as a Right. He was doing the same things that he was doing at Auburn because he was facing an SEC defense that was just coming after him. It, and that was, different. you know, but the rest of the Pac-12, it's just not that, it's just not that good. I mean, it's as far as having the defenses that are anywhere close to what an SEC defense is. Right. I mean, he out there and he's a varsity quarterback. So, and I think, like I, mean, I said, the offensive line has a lot to do with it too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. So, I mean, look, He's a dark horse for it. Maybe he gets enough votes to get to to get to uh, New York. Yeah, to get there. Uh, yeah. But but he is he he at least should 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 deserve some some uh, consideration. Right, uh, and that's all I meant with uh, this question. We obviously know. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, and so yeah, that's definitely a it's definitely a fly for that. So. All right. Well, my next one's LSU fans, all right? So LSU's always, they're fans and stuff, and they've always made it out like and considered themselves to be a blue blood of college football, right? Yeah. Um, do blue bloods rush the field after beating Ole Miss? No. <laughs> Here's my take on this. I if mean, what is the deal? Field rushing should be used for epic wins. Um. I feel like they're just becoming a, a a fad now, where we're just rushing the field against anybody that we upset. Um, and I feel another thing too, you know, rushing the field against a team like Ole Miss should get you probation in the postseason. I mean, because this is not a really good Ole Miss team. Yeah, they got they got a pretty good offense, but their defense is absolutely 
non-existent right now. They're running. They're running defense. Got gashed by Jaden Daniels. Um, Jaden so, Daniels yeah. looked like Jaden Daniels looked like a Heisman winner. Don't get me day. wrong. Don't get me wrong. This is a good win, but it's not worth rushing the field over. I mean, you know, they're supposed to be a blue blood of college football, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it's like they just, you know, won a war and they overthrow the government. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, would Alabama rush the field after beating out Ole Miss? No. No. It, it just don't happen. And, and you know, you look at Tennessee a couple of weeks ago when they beat Alabama. I can I can see that because kind it's of I can because it's been 16 years since they beat and they it. hadn't beat Alabama in a long time yeah and my biggest thing about this whole rushing the field thing I'm just gonna get in on this I'm gonna go deep into this and go down a rabbit hole um, while we're here this whole rushing the field thing is getting pretty dangerous it is um, and and basketball is getting the same way. You know, people can get hurt with all this. You know, you've seen the whole deal with Jermaine Burton. Right. You know, where he where he hit the girl in the back of the head and Saban did not penalize the kid. He didn't suspend him. I would at least let him sit a game because it's getting to a point now to where somebody's going to get hurt and there's going to be a lawsuit somewhere. Well, it's, I'm and, surprised that it already hasn't happened, to be honest. And, and that's what I'm saying. And. It's getting to be. She's awfully quiet at this point. So. And I'm not saying a lawsuit on her side. I'm talking about players wise as well, you know, because that's a field of play where players and coaches and, um, you know, staff members are. And all it would take is somebody to run out there and hit somebody real hard and break their leg or anything. I mean, somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody's going to get hurt. And. While you was on this topic, I just wanted to jump in on that because um, it, it's just it's it's getting ridiculous with it. Like we're just we're just rushing the field over upsets when you know you look at teams like LSU or if Alabama pulls a win over a number one team or something. Just giving an example, you should know better. You should be better. Well, I just you know, Alabama's I, this, not going to rush the field if they beat Ole Miss. Right. With this topic, I just meant LSU has always thought of themselves and considered yeah, themselves. Yeah, LSU a should blue be. Blood. They always they ha, they always have been, I think, because you look they they won the championship in 04. Um, I think they won one was in 07. Oh, it was it was 07. They where they had two 03, losses. 03, 07, and. Nineteen. 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 And they were still the only in the in eleven. Ain't they ain't they still the only team that's won a national championship with two losses? Yes. Yes. If I'm not mistaken. They lost to Kentucky and Arkansas that year. Right. Yeah, and they were and they were I mean, a split second away from losing to Auburn. It was, until, uh, until Matt Flynn found Demetrius Bird in the back of the end zone. God Dang, I was yeah. at the game too. I was yeah. there, and I thought we had it because Les was getting ready to pull one of those those clock mismanagement things because he yeah. he should have kicked a field goal to win it. He should. You know what they you know what they called him, don't you? They called him the Mad Hatter. Yeah, correct. And I because was also he was here. always pulling stuff out of his hat. Yeah, and I mean, uh, I was also at the uh, at, at that press conference. What was it at the uh, SEC championship game where he, 
uh, he, he debunked all the Michigan rumors. Right. Like that one was one where we saw that and went, oh, my God, he's crazy. <laughs> you know, because we I was in the room for that. Right. That's what's funny. So, but, uh, you know, just like John, yeah, this is definitely fly. I mean, look, I I saw them rushing because I had, you know, multiple games going on, and I saw that, and I went, wait, are, are we serious? Now, look, Auburn's rushed the field beating Alabama. Tennessee rushed the field beating Alabama. Tennessee hadn't beaten Alabama in 16 years. years. Tennessee, yeah. Tennessee hasn't been relevant in a while. Right. LSU won the championship three years ago. Right. Three. Yeah. Like, they haven't been down. And you're talking about beating Ole Miss, who's never been to Atlanta. They've right. never won the West. Right. Never. Not once. So we're, we're talking about a team that's never won the division. Right. And you're going to rush the field on that? I, I know. I mean, it's just crazy. And they're supposed to be a blue blood, a blue blood. But, but, but you don't rush the field for beating a number seven. And you don't beat them. You don't rush the field for beating a team that you have been beating for the past several years. You don't rush the field for that. Right. That is ridiculous. And then going on to, to, uh, to John's point about the, the, the dangers of rushing the field. Look, it should just be in your ticket that you accept all liability uh, that, 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 that the, that the the school or that any entity doesn't, doesn't, uh, you know, is relinquished from all liability when you rush the field, because if that point you are in the athlete's domain, and now you are in their face. And this is kind of there's supposed to be a barrier between you and them. And that and that should go that for bas- that should go for basketball, football. Oh yeah, basketball. Whatever. I think I think basketball is a lot worse. I, I think mean, yeah, it is basketball too. is worse just because it's because you know, it's so closed in. Right. 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 So, but look, uh, I mean, it's just again, like I said, it's insane that that. That LSU rushed the field for that—that's that's dumb. I mean, look, like I said, well, I mean, that's that's what, that's one reason twice. why I wanted to talk about it because it yeah, was just... Auburn rushed the field twice in the last ten years, but it was for beating Alabama, number one team, coached by the legendary Nick Saban. Right. Not, not, you know, a team that's not won a championship, not won their own division. You know? <laughs> by the way, I mean, by the way, uh, I, I I was going to say. That's a no fly for me. I didn't even I didn't tell you that, but um they shouldn't be doing that, no. Yeah. yeah no, they should not be rushing the field. So right. yeah. Yeah. Which is yeah, that's dumb. All right. So I'm gonna mention one other thing before we go into basketball. So I wanna mention this. So five of the top seven defensive teams in the country right now are all big ten teams. That's incredible. So, Illinois is number one. Ohio State is number two. Um, I take that one with a grain of salt. I, yeah, they haven't really. They haven't really had a. Michigan, had Michigan is number five. Um, Iowa's Iowa is like number six. 
and Rutgers is number seven. Yeah, but you got to consider some of these teams who they play. I mean, they're not really playing a lot of big-time well, competition. Well, what, okay, I got, I, got, I got a question. In the Big Ten, outside of Ohio State, what are the offenses like? Right. What offense. Like, what are the top ten offenses? Well, uh, you're, are, you're right you about like, that. I just ten? wanted to bring it up. I no, was they, noticing. Well, I I'm facing? just saying, like, you look at Iowa. You know, they have a really good defense, but you leave them out on the field like they did Saturday all day long, you're going to wear them down. And, right. and when the offense can't move the football and they can't make, they can't sustain drives and they can't get things going, it puts pressure on that defense to stay locked in for four quarters. I just wanted to mention that five of the top seven defenses in the country are Big Ten. And, and I'll say this. And, and this Kentucky, is no- Kentucky is number two in the SEC, and they're ranked 14th. And this is another thing, too, and this is no slack on Ohio State. They just haven't had no competition. You know, if you if you look at Notre Dame, I mean, that's their only game that was close. semi-decent close. close. Yeah, and that, that's been it. I mean, you know, they're not going to really meet anybody until they play Michigan. Um, right. And when, well, I don't know. Penn State might give them a, a better game than people think because Penn State's got a pretty good defense, but I don't even think Penn State can beat them. But Penn like State's I said, got, Penn State's got, you know, at least a, an offense that is, uh, respectable. That has, yeah. Yeah. That has some form of, that, that shows some form of life. You right. Know, some signs of life. Cause the, the, the other teams, I mean, just, God, there's so many teams that just don't have great offenses. Again, case in point, Iowa has a great defense, but has absolutely jack for an offense. So yeah, absolutely. Any team that plays, so so, you know. But it seems like that there's a lot of those in the Big Ten where the the offense just isn't that good, and so therefore the defenses look really good because they're facing against offenses that are mediocre i mean right but at at the same time i mean look i think that a lot of those defenses would hold in in a good you know in, in a like against really good offensive teams however they won't hold if their offense on their team is not very good because again, like John said, you can't just leave them on the field for thirty minutes or for 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 four quarters and and just expect them to to, to pull miracles game in and game out. Right. That's so not just happen. so just the last little tidbit on that: the number three defense in the country right now is Boise State. They have the third ranked top defense in the country right now is Boise State. So I just wanted to bring that up. We might we might hit back on that um, for our keywords. So I wanted to bring. If it I'm up. not mistaken, didn't Boise State fire their coach and they went on a winning streak? Yes. I think I think they fired him like after a after a loss early in the year, and he and then they started they won like four three or four games in a row. They fired a coordinator. A coordinator. That's what it was. They yeah. fired a coordinator. 
early in the year. Offensive coordinator. Yeah, offensive coordinator. Yeah. Because the the running joke was that Auburn could give Boise State an offensive coordinator by giving them Brian Harson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which would be funny. But anyway. Um, All right. So let's move on. We're going to go to some college basketball. We're going to do an ACC outlook. Hey. I, I hate to I hate to cut cut off short here, but I'm gonna have to 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 bail out at this point. Okay. Uh, yeah. So just give me a heads up. I'm. I'm me and uh, me and yeah. Ma- Mason join. Oh, me and Mason. Ma- Mason just oh, Mason, joined. Mason Mason join. So Mason can take my spot. Tag it in. All right, man. Sounds we'll, good. Have a good one, right. man. All right. Yeah. We'll catch you in a little All right, bit. All right. So we're. We're going to go, uh, chime in now on ACC outlook for college basketball. Mason, are you with us? Yes, sir. All right. So I'll, uh, start, I'll start this one if you want me to. Yeah, I mean, first first subject was going to be player of the year for the ACC. I think Armando Armando Bangkok. Yeah, I think we'll all agree to that. Probably. Yeah, I do. Um, I'll also say there's three or four guys that that I like in this, in this conference. Um, Isaiah Wong plays for Miami. Um, Caleb loves another one on North Carolina's team. Him and Baycock will, there'll be a, a, a good tandem there. Terquavion Smith from NC state is a really good basketball player. Um, you got Jeremy Roach and then you got the freshman Derek lively, the second at Duke. Um, he, I think he was going to Kentucky before Duke, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Kentucky was on his list, and I think it come down to Kentucky and Duke. Um, just Justin Mutz from Virginia Tech. Um, he's a really good basketball player. But the one guy I want to talk about, and a lot of people haven't really mentioned him lately, is especially through the media and stuff, is P.J. Hall from Clemson. Um, he had a really good year last year. And he's he's a guy that can make plays for Clemson and keep them in basketball games and and I'm really shocked that you know how far down you um twelfth in this preseason poll. Yeah. Um I think they're going to be better than 12th. That's my opinion. Well, I got a few questions here. Well, I'll, I'll hit you on that topic here in a few minutes, John. Mason, you got okay. player, of the, player of the year and players to watch for the ACC? Um, well, I think John pretty much hit on all of it on his list. <laughs> yeah, he did. You I mean, agree to I <laughs> well, I don't think I don't think most Matt of us Brad. are gonna. You can think Brad. I'm more basketball than I am football a lot of yeah. times. Well, I don't oh, think yeah, no, that's fine. He named almost he named everybody. I think I don't think any of us are really gonna disagree on Armando Bangkok. So Bangkok. So oh no, he's he should be by far the player of the year. So <laughs> should be. I'll say this: Miami's a team that. You know, they had that little run last year, the Sweet 16, um, and they get majority of their players back this year. 
and I wouldn't be shocked if Miami won the ACC, to be honest. I, I, you know, everybody thinks it's going to be North Carolina and Duke, which normally it usually is um, in the ACC. But you got to look at it from another perspective. You know, you got Virginia that's going to be really be- – they're going to be better than they was last year. Florida State's going to be good. And the sleeper team in, in this conference, I think, is going to be Notre Dame. Um, they're going to have a better group of guys coming in this year. Mike Bray's been there quite a while, and he always has them playing hard. You know, he won some games last year that, you know, they thought he wouldn't win. You know, he beat Kentucky. He beat a few teams that was, I think, ranked a few teams. So um, this is a fun conference, but a lot of times, you know, you got to look beyond Duke and North Carolina because it always, it always don't end that way, you know, because there's always one little team that comes in there in that ACC tournament, they get hot and they win it. Are we still live? Yeah, I think we are. I mean, is Brad still here? I don't know. It's been quiet for a while. I thought my phone lagged out again or something. I was like, uh, yeah, I, I was, I was talking there and see my Brad got off or something. I don't know. Huh. Well, if he got off, then they would have ended it, right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was talking and it just went, it went dead. Well, dang. Well, you have anything else to say about college basketball, I guess? <laughs> uh, Who's your sleeper I, team? Who's your sleeper team of the year going in to this year? Just all sleep- the whole team. Uh, my sleeper team this year, I think, would have to be. I would go with in the SEC. I'm going to go, um, Alabama be good. Um, you got, I think Mississippi State will be a lot better this year. Um, you know, Big 12, I would look at Oklahoma be pretty good. Um, you know, Iowa State's going to be a decent team this year. They're always good. They always play good at the Hilton Center. Um, I think that's what it's called, the Hilton Center. Yeah, the Hilton. Yeah, yeah, they always play good there. So it's going to be a fun season to watch. But I think your one through five teams are going to be, you know, like like I said, Gonzaga, North Carolina, Kentucky. I think beyond that, it's a it's a crapshoot, and you just don't. I don't know which ones you you really want to. Uh, maybe maybe you just 
let the whole season play out and see because, you know, early in the year it's going to be different because, you know, you're going to have teams that's going to lose a couple of games here and there. And, you know, the, everybody's going to mix and match out of the top 10 and top 15 because we see it every year. Um, so, like I said, it's going to be a fun season. Yeah, and Gonzaga is one of them teams that, I mean, you don't really know what they're made of until the tournament starts either. No, you don't. Is Brad still here? I'm here, but I don't know if y'all can hear me. Can you hear oh, me? Oh, now I can hear him. Yeah, I hear you now. It wasn't okay. there. Oh, I know. It, my, it like just completely blanked out for a minute. I don't know what happened. But we kept it going, though. Yeah. I, well, it, I think it just the whole thing went dead for just a minute or two, I think. But I don't know what happened. All right. So. But like I said, I was just saying, you know, the top 15, they usually beat up on each other. Um and you have people moving in and out 25 every every week. It's completely different than college football because, you know, one week you could have a really good team win, um, and then the next week you'll have 10 or 15 upsets. And you don't have that a lot in college football. I mean, you'll have an upset here and there. Right. But I remember basketball one, is a little different than football when it comes. I remember one year in basketball, they was they was seven or eight upsets in one day. And it, it shaked up the whole top 10. And, and, and that ain't going to hurt you in the long run because if you can win games and, you know, get some of them quad one wins and stuff and, and get those away games and win some key, key crucial matchups early in the year, it gives you a chance to play for a national championship. In college football, you lose it, you lose two or three games early in the year, it's over with. You're, you're pretty much done for the, well, you're going to a bowl game, but you're not going to make the, the big dance. It did it again, didn't it, Mason? I was, gonna, I was just getting ready to say it. <laughs> well, the bad thing is, is that if it keeps doing it, I don't think either one of us can end it. So it's just going to keep going. No, it's just going to keep going is what's going to happen. Yeah. Hey, Brad, you still here? Brad. I don't know. This has been a, it's been an odd, um, podcast. <laughs> Well, it took me 30 minutes to try to join. <laughs> I could not join for the life of me. <laughs> so I don't know what's going on. Are you still here, Brad? Well, I guess we'll just have to end it, and then he'll have to end it when it – and he'll have to edit it, I guess, but – yeah, why don't you go ahead and do what's live? So why don't you go ahead and do the sign-off then, and we'll send Brad a message. This is uh, for College Sportscast. This is John logging off saying have a good night, and we'll see you later.